this is Dean Carnassus, the ultramarathon man, and you are listening to the FitCast. Hello and welcome to the KSALK and Fonz FitCast here at the end of May. How are you doing, partner? Hey, things are going good. You know, I think we've got some Austin weather here in Chicago, maybe, <laughs> kind of. Oh, yeah? What's, what's going on? It's been beautiful outside. I mean, literally, it's, it's summer weather, finally. We've waited a century and a half for it. <laughs> That's fantastic. Well, yes, as I had mentioned in an earlier FitCast, I think the weather bragging is about to switch sides now because we're starting to get kind of humid and it's hot and... Uh, I went for a run today and I was just soaking wet. So we're, we're kind of getting into the dreary days of the Texas summer. But uh, we have had a ton of rain here. It's been amazing how wet everything is. And my pool's closed. I know, your pool flooded. Yeah, I don't know I don't know how long it's going to take and I'm going to try to help them out. But man, it sucks. Like I, I'd like to hop in there after you know biking around and walking dogs and running. I just jump in the Barton Springs and now I can't do that. So... That sounds like a nice recovery. We're still waiting for the lake to get to, like, decent temperatures over here. Uh, you got a few months, so May, June, July. <laughs> okay, but I will tell you, it's been really good running weather. Oh, and yeah? I just running? did a race last weekend, a really fun race with the November Project Chicago folks. Oh, um, yeah. The Humboldt Mile. Okay, a mile? You ran a mile? A one-mile race. Yeah, it was... So, it was pretty freaking intense. Okay. Like... Uh, the last time I ran a mile was at the infamous 13 by 1 mile relay. Yep. That you you all know so much about. Halloween last year. Halloween last year. And it was rough. So, first of all, we raised money for a charity called Hope for the Day. Okay. 100% of the proceeds went towards the charity, which that hardly ever happens. Like, that's awesome. Yeah, that's 100% cool. 100% went to it. So we, you know, worked towards, you know, mental health and suicide awareness and prevention. So that was really cool. But, man, one mile. Yeah, you got to run fast. That's, that's I was the problem. pooped by the end of it. We were all, like, <laughs> so we, we all finished. We all did it. Most of us PR'd, which was pretty cool. There were probably 10 or 12 of us running. What was your time? What was your time? What was your time? Uh, my official time, which was a little slower than my watch time, I hate it when that happens, yeah. was 5.58. Wow, that's flying. You know, love to see the five when you, when you cross I the I know, line. but see, it probably would have been better. I went out at like a five-minute pace, and oh, so geez. like by the time I got to halfway, I was like, I'm not going to make it. I'm going <laughs> to die. Yeah. Um, yeah. And when we all finished, you, you wouldn't guess it. It's a one-freaking-mile race. We were all coughing, and we were all just pooped. Well, yeah, you're like, pushing your heart and lungs to the limit. Yeah, but you wouldn't think after a one-mile race you'd really need much recovery, but I yeah. guess you did. I guess so. Well, congratulations. That sounds awesome. Uh, what else What else is going on? Oh, man, I've got a lot of stuff coming up. Oh, what's I going already, on? I already tried to pimp my boyfriend's 3.5-mile race. Yep. And I just made the sign for it. He didn't let me do the shirts. Oh. He was, like, very adamant about not doing it. So I just made a sign, which includes a baby picture of him with a mullet on it. Yeah. For those of you who don't know what she's talking about, uh, listen to our last uh, episode. And uh, there's, a, there's a challenge. There's a discussion about uh, what kind of shirts to put together for Gianni's race. But, yeah, that, I mean, that's I'm really excited for it. I'm really excited to cheer him on and be a fan for once rather than him following me around and waking <laughs> up early for me. Yeah, what's new in the triathlon world? You got something there too? 
Oh, man. Well, I just did a try a couple weekends ago, the first try of the season, and it was okay. not summer weather for that. It was 45 degrees outside. Oh, that's horrible. With triathlon. Yes, the water was 20 degrees warmer than the air. Oh, so that's... literally the whole team gets in the water, yep. and they blow the whistle for us to come out because the race is ready to start, and literally they had to drag some of us. Like, come on, guys, the race is starting. Get out of the water. <laughs> <laughs> It was the coldest and windiest bike I've ever done. Oh, gross. Super Miserable. Gross. Super gross. Yeah, that's no fun. And dangerous, too. Is it wet or no? No, it wasn't wet. Okay, it well, didn't rain what... at all. It was just cold. Okay. Well, that's that's tough. That's a tough day. It was a tough day. But you know what? I'm, I'm earning all this summer weather that we've got now. I freaking earned it. There you go. There you go. What about you? I know you have races coming up. I got two of them coming up. So I talked about it last week, but now it's imminent. I am actually, as of about 6 o'clock today, so a little couple hours ago, I am in taper mode for my triathlon. Ooh, good mode to be in. Yes, it is. It's a little weird because, like, tomorrow I'm doing nothing except, you know, biking to go walk my dogs. Like, I don't have any runs or anything else going on. It's uh, I'll have a little extra time this week. I'm sure a lot of a lot of athletes understand how much extra time you have uh, during taper week. So, uh, yeah, so I'll be tapering this week, and then try is next Monday, Memorial Day. And, uh, yeah, so that, that'll be fun. That's exciting. And in my effort to hit my goal weight, I overshot it a bit. Oh, no, you lost too much weight. Yeah, but just a quarter pound. So, yeah, I went from uh, 222.5 today after my – and I always weigh myself after my workout because it makes me feel better. <laughs> <laughs> Good strategy. Well, Sit home and play that strategy. You're supposed to be consistent, right? So I just choose the best time of the best time of the day because it makes me feel better. I went from two twenty two and a half to one nine nine point seven. So what under yeah. two? You're under in the wonderland. That's what they call it. I'm biggest loser. So uh, now you know I call it race weight, but I will gain a pound or two back this week because you don't want to be you know you don't want to deprive yourself of food and energy just before a race. So. Uh, yeah, but I wanted to get down so I could gain a couple pounds and uh, and race right over a little above two hundred. So I'm happy about that. Awesome! That so. was that was a big commitment. Yeah, yeah, it was. It it took a lot of nights. Like, no, I'm not gonna have that third beer and sandwich. I'll just go home and go to bed. So uh, no, but it was. Uh, it's been great. And then after that, I've got the Ragnar Chicago, Madison to Chicago. Yes, you do. That's a big one. Yeah, it's big races coming up. Yeah, and I've got to figure out somehow. You know, I'm not. I usually my race season isn't that many races. It's only like maybe four or five. I think the most races I've ever done triathlons has been four in a summer. Um, and they're spread out. Yeah, but out. they were probably all like half Ironmans. No, the one year I actually did, I call it the, the Grand Slam of triathlon. I did a super sprint, a sprint, a Olympic distance, and a half Ironman. Oh, yeah. So, you, you Grand Slammed it. Yes, I did. So, uh, hit for the cycle. Hit for the cycle. Try for the try. It's the tri cycle. Try for the cycle. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I got the tri cycle. No Ironman because I'm not stupid, but. <laughs> <laughs> but yes i did the tricycle on the uh the one summer so um but yeah after that it's only 11 days after <coughs> excuse me after my race 
that I will be in the Ragnar Chicago. So I think yeah. my my total it's under twenty miles. I think my total is eighteen point nine or something like that. Um, so hopefully my body is not too beat up after, um, after doing the, it's only an Olympic I'm doing here in Austin. If the water gets fixed out here, it's still ridiculous out there with all the water. But, uh, um, yeah, I've only got 11 days between and I'm going to, you know, be pushing that run to the, to the limit at the end. I'm sure I'll be racing across the finish line. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I've never really had to do any serious recovery at all, uh, after a race because I've never had anything pressing coming up in a, in a finite amount of time other than, you know, another race two months from now. So, so yeah, I don't know. I'll have to figure out the, the best recovery mode. Well, I, you know, I'm going to recommend those recovery boots that I love so much. <laughs> I, I'll, maybe I'll get a pedicure. I, I could maybe do that. You should, but <laughs> I bet. The two people that we have on our podcast today are going to give us some really good insight. Our main topic, recovery. yes. What is our, our main, main topic, topic today? Our main topic is recovery. Awesome. It's like you knew this. It's like we shared notes before the episode. <laughs> That's a great segue, segue <laughs> into our next, uh, into the main topic. So let, let's, who do we got here today, Out. Oh, we have two of my friends. I'm so excited to have them on the FitCast today. Okay. Um, so we have Matt and Dallas. All right. Um, they are like seriously the definition of a hashtag power couple. Okay. <laughs> they, no, literally they are. So, um, ladies first. So Dallas, she's an ultra runner. You, you know, a couple of those, don't you fans? Oh ultra yeah. Runs. Oh yeah. I remember Dallas doing the Hennepin 100 last year, as a matter yeah. of fact, 50 miler. She's also an animal lover. You don't happen to know any of those. Oh, I do. I do. We got all, everybody I know, I think so far. So. And um, she's also a bride-to-be, and it's her fiancé, Matt, that's on the podcast with us today. But I met both of them through Rogue Runners, so our former guests, Jed and Katie, they're also from the Rogue Runners. Oh, that's that's, Brinkers. that's the team that lost the 13.1 relay, That is right? the team that lost okay. the 13 by 1 mile uh, relay. That's right. Okay, got it. Like you're trash-talking now, right? <laughs> I am. Just because we have our guests here with us. I know. <laughs> um, Dallas did a 50-miler last year. Um, she obviously didn't get enough because not only did she do another 50-miler, that's running, people, not biking, not driving, like running 50 miles, but she's also training for a 100-mile race. 100-miler coming up. 100 miles on foot. As well as mixing in, like, oh, I don't know, a marathon or two in between. Yeah, you know, just the two marathons in one weekend they might have done. Um, but she also fundraises for Paws. She's a lover of kitties. Okay. Um, and she's an awesome human being. Fantastic. So, welcome, Dallas. And then Matt, her fiancé, also an ultra runner because, you know, they, like, come in packs or something. Like, you yeah. can never find just one. They, like, flock. Yeah. Um. But right now, I guess, and Matt, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but you're focusing on marathons right now. you got the Quest for Boston going on. That's right. All right. He's also a, a beet juice enthusiast and just one of the nicest guys that I know. So. <laughs> well, and fast welcome, as, guys. as fast as fuck. Yeah, welcome. Thank you guys for the very, very warm introduction. Thank you. We're excited to be here today. We're so excited to have you. Um, but, you know, I do have to question your guys' sanity, especially yours, Dallas. A hundred miles. <laughs> that's crazy and i used to think that was crazy but then um i actually got into it initially because of jed he, who you interviewed in the past and matt as well so they did a 50k and i remember running with matt for the last five miles and i was just so excited for him i'm like i can't believe he's running this far that's crazy yeah and, and that's 50k so that's 31 miles 
Yes. <laughs> and so um, when he, they did, I'm like, oh, this is something that's doable or this is something that could be achieved. And so when I started to think about doing it, I wanted to sort of go even further and start with 50 because that was just a, um, it was beyond marathon training. So with 50K, you can do your normal marathon training and just do maybe a slightly longer run. So your marathon training, essentially your marathon is the, the furthest run you'll do before the 50K. So you can totally do a 50K two weeks after you do a marathon race. And so a 50 miler just um, requires a lot more research, a lot more uh, preparation. And so I just wanted that challenge. And so when I completed Hennepin last year, I was like, Oh my gosh, I can do this. And then I was talking with Kelly Rice and we were like, we can totally even go further. And we just got really excited about hundred milers. Cause we saw other people out there doing it in our race and it just really inspired us. And we saw it as possible. And so it was just a experience that we wanted to be part of. And so we ended up not doing the race that we were talking about, but I, and Kelly moved away, but I just wanted to continue and to this year to try to achieve that goal. That's incredible. So that was kind of the moment after you did the 50, it was like, okay, let's just up the ante. Exactly. <laughs> All pumped up with adrenaline and having come in second place. I remember Dallas, right? Is that right? Age group. Yes. And Kelly yeah. was third. She was like right behind me yeah. on my heels. <laughs> yeah. About just an hour shorter or an hour an hour behind your heels. Which is different in ultras. It's like the time it's, it's like a long over a long period of time, so Yeah, yeah, yeah. So your training for you mentioned the training between like a marathon or a fifty K is really different from a fifty miler. Is the training for a hundred miler really different from a fifty miler or like it would have to be, right? Um, it is, and um, one of the big differences uh, is just to be on your feet and increase your endurance. So it's not about speed per se. It's about, and it's a very like it's more mental. So you just really got to stay mentally engaged. So it's about trying to challenge myself as much as I could, getting out for runs when it was 15 degrees outside, or like you know, sleet or torrential rain and just you know still getting the work and done and or three in the morning with jed yeah we could talk no. about that. <laughs> i want to hear about this at three in the morning run so um actually it was just this past sunday morning and um and i usually like i try to keep my routine pretty normal so i'll still like go to birthday events or charity events and things even if i have like a training run the next day so i still try to keep a normalcy to my life so I just, you know, stayed up all day Saturday, um, went to brunch and hung out at someone's place afterwards. And, but then I was starting to feel really tired from that, but I still had to like keep mentally like up because I agreed to go with Jeff at three thirty in the morning to Waterfall Glen. Oh my um, God. So you stayed up all night and then so you part of Yes, I, I, like, I, I took a little power nap, which I didn't want to do, but it ended up happening just because I was so tired from other things. But um, it was just to like get used to running when you're tired or have that feeling of like being drained yeah. and just preparing myself for that. So it was interesting, though, because I was so groggy. I was so tired and I was just like, oh, gosh, I'm going to do this. And we got there and it was like this. And we wanted to run in the dark as well because I, you know, Ragnar is, um, that Brian's doing, uh, 
a portion of the run, the second leg's in the dark, so there's some legs that are pitch black, so you have to wear safety gear and headlamps and all that. And oh, so yeah, I don't, I don't think we mentioned that the weekend after you're doing your 100-miler is Ragnar, <laughs> that you are also doing. Is that right? That's right. And we have quite the, uh, actually, it's a, an ultra team of uh, November Project Folk that will be uh, legging it from Madison to Chicago. So you have, like, literally one week to recover from running 100 miles, and then you're running, what, 50 more during that weekend? Um, it's actually not, I took the least, so this is the time where I don't fight for mileage. <laughs> I would want the most, but I um, actually gave myself the least on a team, which is about 28 miles. So I try to give everyone else at least a 50K distance so everyone has 31 or more the rest of the team but this time i was just like i'm not gonna be a hero i know <laughs> you already were the past you already will have been the, the next weekend yeah no kidding okay so let's let's talk about recovery now it seems like an app time yeah no kidding up. you got you got 100 what? miles and then you have six days to rest yeah, but what's your plan? Like, what are some things that you do now to recover from long training sessions? Because you do long runs back-to-back, -back, right? So, yeah, um, one of the um, biggest things is just the rest days are very important as part of this, I've learned. So before these big weekend efforts, because all my mileage is stacked on Saturday and Sundays because you want to, like, be on your feet with a very compressed amount of time. Mm -hmm. And so I'll be doing... 40 to 50 miles in a weekend, but I will have a recovery day on Friday and Mondays. Okay. So you could do some like stretching or yoga or walking, but I don't really do any intense efforts on Friday or Mondays. And when I go to MP, I sort of feel it a little bit. I, I try to go last week because I, but I have some, a little bit tired during my runs this weekend, just because my body just wasn't fully recovered for it. But so I've learned those kind of things. And also, Matt and I are big on smoothies. <laughs> Ooh, yummy. Okay. So when I, I didn't have the smoothie for the past couple of days, and I'm just like, why am I muscles so sore? Why am I, like, lagging and all that? And I just was like, oh, I haven't had a smoothie in three days because it's part of my whole training. I've been um, using the Vega powder. We actually use an off-brand from Whole Foods, but it's a similar product. Okay. And we put supplements in there, like... Uh, was it, we started with maca powder recently, which is uh, used by Aztec warriors. <laughs> and it's... Um... Hell yeah, warrior! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically we kind of, it seems like, have a rotating, like, funky shit we put in our smoothie. Like, you <laughs> funky know, shit, I love it. You know, whatever we can find that's, like, you know, the newest, like, superfood from millennia ago. We're like, well, that sounds okay to us. Looks like we got to put the explicit tag on this uh, podcast again. <laughs> funky, <laughs> funky shit. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah, funky shit. We love funky shit. <laughs> so the diet, the diet, that, that nutritional part is, is part, of the, part of the recovery. Not only the rest days before and after, the Friday and Monday, but then the nutrition as well. And I think that's been one of the biggest things, you know, from, you know, going from last year into this year is, you know, the, like you said, the non-physical aspects of it. And, you know, Dallas and I significantly cut back on the amount of meat we eat. And, you know, so we're just trying to have you know, clean, you know, healthy, fresh meals, you know, throughout the week after, after our, uh, you know, big days, especially in the weekends and, you know, just experimenting with different things and just talking with the community as well and finding out what other people are doing 
has also been a really rewarding aspect of it as well. Wow. You guys sound like you have like a regimen down pretty well. Um, now, Matt I, and Dallas, I do want to come back to you, but Matt, since since we kind of got you now, um, how many how many marathons do you have planned for this year? I know it's I know it's quite the number. So I keep getting guilted and guilted into more marathons. You know, the I guess it's like FOMOM. It's like fear of missing out on marathons. And, <laughs> uh, hashtag FOMOM. Fonz, you get that? Yes, I got it. FOMOM. That's going to be in the title. Hashtag FOMOM. You know, I mean, so I we've run, uh, I guess I've run three so far this year, including the back-to-backs recently, which you mentioned. And then so far, again, with an asterisk, so far I have two more scheduled for the fall. New York City, which was a FOMA marathon. And then it got Dallas, in, too. That one's hard to get into. It, it is, yeah. And I was very fortunate to get in on my first try. Um, so we have a few people that will be out there running that, so it should be a nice time. And then Dallas and I are each running the last chance uh, Boston qualifying run in uh, Geneva out in Fox Valley area. Wow. In, the, in September to, you know, spin that wheel and see what comes up. So now, Matt, are you, a, I think Dallas is qualified. Are you a, was it a marathon maniac or psycho or what's it called? Where you run like three in a month <laughs> just, or whatever? Just a psycho. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's actually interesting. So after we did. What's so it called? Down, what's it called, first of all? Mar- so it's the marathon maniacs. Oh, it is the maniacs. Got it. Okay. It is. And um, they so they have different levels. They have different tiers of maniacness, I guess, if you will. And, um, you know, when Dallas and I last year actually ran, uh, well, Dallas was a marathon maniac after her first two marathons. So she was already. Wow. Maniac from the get go. But (laughs) when we did the back to backs, we got to the Iridium level, um, for having run, you know, back to back marathons. So, um, we haven't gotten any of the gear yet, but, um, you know, basically, yes, the title is, you know, what has been, you know, apparent all along that we are, in fact, maniacs. The okay. thing is that I thought that it was um, something that not many people would be interested in or they would think is crazy to do. But we just when we completed the Middens Challenge, um, was it two weeks ago now? Um, two weeks ago, we did the Wisconsin Marathon followed by Kalamazoo. And when we went to Kalamazoo, we noticed all these maniac jerseys and t-shirts and there's a hundred people that took on this challenge so there was a big group of people and it's um a really popular thing oh cool yeah i think you know the bus from the insane asylum just pulled right up to the (laughs) race car line (laughs) you You guys were the first two out of there Yeah, and then you know afterwards they take them all to the bar. So it works <laughs> they out go all to the bar, and then they pick them up in the morning and take to another city to do another race. <laughs> and it's right. actually like when you hang out with us long enough, um, we start to rub off on other people because we convinced one of our other running friends to come join us to complete the challenge as well. In and, and he did it. Oh he did God. it. Bad influence. Well, now what is the a good influence? <laughs> good, good influence, bad influence. Tomato, tomato. <laughs> Um, what is the recovery like when you have to do another big race the next day? Like, do you even recover? So we actually, um, had a strategy for it. So, um, we also belong to this running club called the bootleggers um, by one of our friends, Annabelle, um, who's a really talented runner. Yes, she is. She actually came in, I think, fifth place for the women at that Humboldt mile that I mentioned. Wow. That's amazing. She did great. 
And so um, as part of the group, they um, had a connection with Edge Recovery Lounge, and they just had a, an event for the group, like, coming out, test our recovery tools. Like, you can bring beer, you can bring food, and um, just try all these tools out. And so I went there, and I did the ice bath and the warm bath and um, the recovery boots and yeah. other things. And I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. And then, like, I noticed that I was feeling a lot fresher in my runs the following week and, you know, I wasn't as sore and tired as usual. And it, I really saw there was value to it. So when we took on this middens challenge, I told, you know, the group about it. And so we went in afterwards and I think that helped us get through it in the end. Yeah, you got through. Now, did, do you do beer to recover? Like, is that really a thing? Because one of our former guests, Alex Arquilla, the weightlifter, he said that he does beer to recover, and it works. I mean, I think the way I approach it is, well, to answer your question, like a good lawyer, yes, <laughs> I do beer to recover. Um, but for me, it's more of just a mental recovery, if you will. If it gives me some physical benefits, that's wonderful. Um, but, you know, I mean, and that was the tough part about the second marathon within the weekend was – you know, usually when you start a marathon, you're like, okay, you know, you're, you're just coming off taper. Like, you know, you are right getting into it now, Brian. And, you know, you're like, okay, I feel fresh. I'm ready to run. Well, you know, when you, when you tow the start line and you've just done one of these things yesterday and, you know, it hurts within the first half mile, you know, all of a sudden it becomes, you know, I, I just felt it was the most like mental race I've ever run before. And, you know, just, so whatever you can do to just get to the start line mentally fresh, it, when you're doing something like that, I think is is very, very important to having, you know, the ability to finish the race. Yeah, the, I can see the graph here. You need to have exactly enough beer to kind of get you mentally feeling good, but then you hit a point where it's going to make you feel like crap the next day and you'll be dehydrated, right? yeah so, that's so the, right there's the there's the goal right there is whatever line that is is probably different for everyone else and it's hard to stop once you get near that line too i imagine <laughs> yeah you know i mean you know for our for our challenge we you know we were you know thankfully we you know we had some travel built in getting between the races so that you know prevented us from yeah. you know maybe going too crazy um but you know you just gotta do what you gotta do perfect now matt i i do know and Forgive me in advance. I'm going to give away your secret. I know you have a secret recovery substance. <laughs> yes, let's hear. Let's hear about this magical drink. So, I mean, I, at the outset, I should disclaim that I do not own stock in any company affiliated ah, with Okay, product. okay, lawyer Matt. Um, I really, I really should. I have solicited, you know, the, my favorite company before to be a brand ambassador. Um, so, I mean, you know, people who who really spend any time running with me um, know that I'm a huge fan of beet juice. Beet juice. Uh, beet juice is, uh, you know, something I just stumbled upon. It's kind of been known within the uh, running community or even just the general health community for a while. Um, and so I just started reading a lot about beet juice and, you know, some of the science behind it and the effect it has on the body and the increase in athletic performance. And, you know, I figure, I mean, there's, I mean, there's really no downside, it seems. I mean, the worst that you're doing is drinking a healthy vegetable. So, um, you know, I started drinking it uh, leading up to races and kind of 
you know, did it more and more. And, um, you know, I personally noticed a difference. Um, you know, I drank it most recently, um, you know, before, uh, I, in fact, I was running with Kristen out in, uh, in the Palos area. I was just going to bring that up. That was your yep. PR half marathon, right? So yeah, I mean, I, and so the, the thing about beet juice and right. full disclosure is, um, you have to watch it on the gastrointestinal side. Oh, okay. Oh no. So, you know, the first time I drank it before a race was before the Kara 20 miler last year. And it really, I wish, could have only been a Kara 16 miler because that's about where it fell off the rails. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, so now but, you said you had it, you had it race day, you had it that morning, right? So, yeah. So that was the first time I'd actually drank beet juice before a race. Okay. Usually I would do it like, you know, a week or maybe two weeks before the race. Um, but you know what? I just... After that, you know, you just, it's all about experimentation, as you guys both know. It's about, you know, your body getting adjusted to what you're doing to it, whether it's some type of training, whether it's some type of nutrition. So, you know, I just started experimenting like before a couple, you know, maybe before a 12 mile long run, and then you build up. And so I felt, you know, Chris and I were both out at the uh, Southwest Half Marathon, which is an excellent race, by the way, 10th anniversary next year. <laughs> um, and I felt, you know what, let me just, drink a whole bunch of beet juice that morning and you know it was actually a very nice conditions for a half marathon as well and so you know i was able to to have a pretty good race that day oh man you are like a testament to the power of beet juice <laughs> is there a specific brand that you like and that's your so yeah for me i am very they also tell you that i am you know a beet juice snob um i'm very particular so the brand i like is actually called beata beata um, it's a Swiss company. Um, I found it first in a health food store in Chicago here on Wabash and Jackson called Kramer's. Wonderful health food store. A nice little vegetarian, vegan cafe upstairs. So that's what I found. Um, started drinking it. And um, I'd say the taste is the least like dirt. Uh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, that's people's main criticism of it. But I just feel like it tastes like, you know, speed. Okay. Like, like going fast so that kind of speed oh. th yeah that kind of <laughs> um i only do that stuff before like smaller races five k's um but you know so i like Beata. they also make a, a brand specific to athletes but um i just like the classic stuff the good oh. stuff but um you know there's a lot out there um and i you know it's just an interesting thing to just say, you know, if you're into the community, it's just something to try. And, um, I've you know, had it. I was at one of my races last year. I think it was last year. Um, yeah, they, they were giving, there was beet juice in the swag bag at the, at the end or the, the line where you got all your, Oh, I remember. I was at that race with you. Oh, was that, yeah. Was that the triathlon last year? Maybe it I don't might, know. it might've been. Yeah, who knows? But yeah, no, I've had it. I've had it. I, I enjoyed the flavor. I didn't think it tasted yeah. like dirt. I don't remember which brand it was, but. Um, it was in the fridge. I, you know, you throw a little vodka and it tasted fine. Yeah, okay, so we're gonna find Beata on Facebook. We're gonna tag them in this, and they're gonna want you to be their. You, they're gonna want you to be their rep. Yeah, absolutely. 
that, that, you know, it'd be nice if they reached out to me because I've sent them way too many embarrassing emails, <laughs> begging, begging, and begging to be their spokesman. And Please, just, so, just, Beata, just, just, you know, come wait, wait till you qualify for Boston. Yeah, then they'll do it. Then they'll talk to you. And I'll be wearing a Beata jersey on Boylston Street. There you go. Exactly. And, now, you know, just, just have them throw you a couple of race entry fees your way to start, right? Why not? Yeah, absolutely. All right. Yeah, we'll definitely take them on there, and hopefully they'll... Uh, They'll pay attention to us. I think so. <laughs> All right, Kesak, what do you got? Some more questions, huh? Yeah, so it's so in Switzerland, actually, right? You know, yeah, I mean, we had talked about this beforehand about, you know, Dallas and I actually getting engaged. Do you yeah. want to talk about it now? <laughs> the reason I brought it up is because Fiat is a Swiss company. It's, like, from Switzerland, so. And you guys ran a marathon in Switzerland. We did, yeah. Anything eventful happened during this uh, marathon in Switzerland? Um, you know, I mean, we uh, we sort of got engaged during the marathon. During the during race. the marathon. <laughs> Let's yeah. hear it. Let's hear the whole story. You know, um, you know, I mean, obviously, as we've been talking about, and anyone who knows Dallas Rye, we we like to run. Um, this is it's a thing we do. Hashtag power couple. So you know, I, I just you know. I just had this idea, like, you know, we had planned to, we had wanted to run Berlin. We, neither one of us got into the lottery, so we still wanted to go to Europe and do a marathon. And so um, there were only, well, there were two other choices in Europe that weekend, either Warsaw or Basel, which is in Switzerland. Um, and so we had a friend who we run with on Thursday nights who is actually from Basel. So that kind of tipped the scales and a few of our friends, we went over there as well. And so five of us actually did the race. And, you know, so before we left, I put, um, you know, an engagement ring and a plastic baggie in the back pocket of my shorts I was going to wear during the race. Oh, my God. Um, you know, I was freaked out that TSA would, you know, ask me what was, you know, in my pocket and in, the, in the, my duffel bag. But um, the ring made it safely, thankfully. Was it, it, was, it was well zipped, right? You had a zipper something on this pocket? It, it, no, because you know, I got the ring from a Cracker Jack box. So the quality wasn't that bad. <laughs> so the ring, okay. There wasn't much chance of it really breaking necessarily when it's made of like cheap plastic. But uh, wow. You know, I've actually seen the ring, and I'm going to go out and buy tons and tons of Cracker Jack if I have a chance. To so, you know, we were, we, you know, a lot of times uh, when we travel to do races, we run together, and this is one that we chose to do so, um, obviously for selfish reasons on my part. And um, so, you know, Dallas and I, our first date was January 9th of 2014. So I felt, hey, you know, let's propose, or let me propose at mile 19.14. Oh, nice. So um, at the time, it was actually, and I appreciate, I'm a big symbolism guy, so we were actually running up a hill at the time, um, and we just so happened to run into, literally, a friend who had traveled with us from Chicago who, like, caught up to us during the race. Oh, cool. So we were walking up this hill, and so about mile 19.12, I'm like, hey, Ryan, do you have a phone on you? Like, you know, so you could take a picture. And he's like, Yeah. And they didn't know what I was doing, so they're talking. And Oh, my gosh, nobody else knew? Oh, no one else? That knew? Yeah, no. I mean, well, one other person knew, but he wasn't with us at the time. Um, so, you know, I, my watch hit 19.14, and I started, you know, mumbling something and, you know, just got down on a knee, and, uh, and that was it. Oh, you know? my gosh. It, it was very, very nice, very serendipitous. 
So it's actually interesting, um, Matt, saying like that because when I was starting the race, I was hoping for a ring, but I didn't think it was going to be this marathon. So I um, had a time goal in mind. So I was trying to hit three forty-five. So I had printed out these like pace bands off the internet and like. <laughs> <laughs> and I had staple, had to staple them around my wrist, and I had, and so Matt was sort of like, "Oh gosh, like she's trying to hit a time. What do I do?" <laughs> and it sort of worked out that it turned out to be a more casual back half than the first half. <laughs> I was like, "You ruined, you ruined her race." Yeah, exactly. I, like, I mean, <laughs> I don't have time for this. What are you doing? Get up. <laughs> Off you guys, you, I mean, I'm sure Brian, you and Chris can both appreciate like having significant others who, you know, are active as well. Like, yeah. so, you know, Dallas is towing the start line and she's like, yeah, I want to PR this thing. And I'm like, well, shit, man, what kind of fiance would I be if I ruined her PR by, you know, proposing during the middle of the race? She would never let me forget it. But so, I mean, no offense, Dallas, but I was actually really glad when you blew up around the halfway point. Because <laughs> It allowed me to, you know, have my plan come out okay. And let me tell you, if, you know, this is a tip to everyone out there. If, if you're ever running with someone, competing with someone, or, you know, doing a race with someone, and if, if they're on a struggle bus, if you propose to them unexpectedly, <laughs> they will do great the rest of the race. Oh, okay. <laughs> she so. was doing sub-sevens the rest of the, the last seven miles, huh? That, yeah, little, sure. Little her move turned energy. around pretty quickly. He's like, you know, we um got to get to the race so we can officially celebrate. And so he's like, there's champagne. And I'm like, yay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so, that yeah. was the motivation. And, and they, then we had that family that cheered us on yeah, later they, in the race. The, the, you know, the whole race is really nice. Um, you know, the we got to the finish line and... You know, I guess they insisted talking only in German over there. I don't know what that was all about. But, um, you know, we heard some, we were crossing the finish line and um, one of the spectators who is, you know, in our group had told them, I think, about us. And so I don't know what they said, but all I caught was like, engage a fudeman or whatever. <laughs> whatever the German word is. So apparently word had spread and um, it was just a really, really nice moment. Oh my gosh, that is nice to have them announce something at the end. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 a magical time. Fantastic. So congratulations on that. Thank you guys. Yeah. Okay, let's get married. <laughs> yeah, I know. And your wedding is right after your hundred miler, right? <laughs> it just worked out that way, timing wise, but yeah. <laughs> so hopefully I'll be walking down the aisle and not with like a the... cane or yeah, wheelchair. <laughs> Oh come on! Knowing you, you'll be running down the aisle. Yeah. Well, actually, not away from that. Just to be, just to be specific. <laughs> it, actually, like you know, you um, walk, you know, up the aisle. So I've not intentionally created a very long walk for myself <laughs> to the altar. Oh, <laughs> so it's like about what you think that I could tenth of a mile or two tenths. <laughs> yeah, Dallas always has to find some way of making things an ultra. Oh, got it. <laughs> ultra, ultra aisle walk. Yes. Okay, well, we do have some fun questions for you guys. Yep. Um, Dallas, I know that you are um, a fundraiser for PAWS, which is an animal adoption organization in Chicago. And I know you guys are both really passionate about animal issues. Um, and we're going to post the link to your PAWS fundraiser page because everybody should donate to Dallas's 100 Meowler. Yep. Faux show. Um, but on that, in that vein... I just want to know from both of you, 
If you could channel any animal during your goal race, what animal would it be and why? Oh, interesting. Huh. I mean, for me, I guess the sentimental choice would be the panda. panda because They're not very fast. They're not very fast at all. No. And, you know, I say that because I had a cat who was named Panda. Um, and she was not fast because she was, you take out the S and she was fat. Wow. Uh, but she was a sweetheart. Um, you know, she liked watching football and drinking gin and tonics and, um, you know, it was, she was, I, I think, you know, I would, you know, think of a panda when I was, when I was running. Oh, there you go. And Dallas, how about you? So it's interesting because I just saw these little figurines in a Filipino restaurant. I just dined out with Jed, so it just came to my mind just now. Uh, but I would say a penguin. Oh. A penguin. Hmm, these are not the animals I was expecting. You know to. what? I'm on board with the penguin. Penguin is one of my favorite animals, and I'll tell you why. Because, because they're birds, right? Yeah. They, they can't fly, right? So all the other birds are like, ah, you can't fly. And they're like, fuck you, watch this. And they get in the water and they just destroy everything, right? They're even faster than fish down there. Exactly. And also they're um, patient, too, because they stand in the middle of the Arctic winter and um, stay warm and so that they can, you know, well, procreate. Well, yeah, the, the, the women are standing around while the, while the guys are marching back and forth, right? Is that how that works? I think so. And they're also very well dressed. Yes, they are. Oh, Always they in the tuxedo. They look good, yeah. They look good doing it, just like you guys. Oh, very nice. Um, okay, I have another question. This is a very practical question. Um, during our first interview with an ultra runner, that ultra runner was the one and only Kelly Rice. Yep. She talked about this crazy phenomenon that happens during an ultra run, which is the... Hashtag butt chafing. Butt chafing. <laughs> Is that really a thing? Um, I learned that last year. So in any previous race I've done, you know, I'll get chafing around my sports bra or like, you know, lines where fabric, I mean, where fabric meets my skin. But after this race, I, the first time I went to the bathroom, it was just the worst sensation. Oh, <laughs> no. So something I did not see coming. And yeah, like it's just, the rubbing, like, oh, the chafing each other. Oh, so, no. and I heard that this actually happens. It's an issue in the triathlon world, which I haven't done one, so I'm not aware of this. But apparently, like on a bike, it's something that happens, right, Kristen? Or oh, yeah, it happens. Yeah, I mean, there's chafing in all different kinds of places with with the triathlon. <laughs> well, a couple of things. One, you've got to wear something. The tri suit, right? Which is good for swimming, biking, and running. And there's no actual piece of clothing that's good for all three of those, right? So, so yeah, that's gonna be a problem. Plus, you're wet. That's that's a big issue. Like, I get more chafing. I get I get the the guy like nipple chafing because we don't get to wear sports bras out there. Like, if you, it's no one's stopping you from wearing a sports bra. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> um, but like. You know, it's 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 when it's humid or when you're wet, it causes more problems with your skin. Your skin's softer and things are just not falling in the right place. So yes, triathlon, you definitely get the chafing. Now, I've never had butt chafing though in the in the race. I don't I don't race long enough for that. And they actually make special products. I wish I remembered the name of the exact um, brand, but it's a more of a gel and it's a one-use application. So instead of like a stick, like a 
um, what do they call body glide stick? It's more of like a one-time application. That way you're not reusing the thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and say, hey, can I borrow your butt-chafing stick, please? <laughs> oh, <gross. laughs> I don't want to know what you and Kelly do, <laughs> Oh, yeah, it's probably good. It's a one-use one gel. So I have a challenge here. Matt and Dallas, you, you guys are doing Ragnar. Yes. With yes. a bunch of fast people. It's Kevin Waz. Who else is on your team? Uh, Becca Menke, uh, oh. Katie Clark, oh. and a Jongsma. Oh, man. We're in trouble. So uh, do you know your start time? Yes. We're starting at 11 a.m. Which is two hours and 45 minutes after the November Project Chicago Fun Speed team that I am on. Whoop, whoop. So we start at 8.15. By the way, we're doing November Project Workout in Madison before the Ragnar. So there's a, there's a challenge number one out to you guys. Okay. Um, just make Dallas do more activity. <laughs> just go ahead and break her. Do, doing a workout before a long run is, is a perfect way for recovery. But I have a, I have a challenge for you, and it's, it's, a, it's a wager. I will bet you, because you guys are all faster. Like You guys are like the six fastest people that I think I, I could imagine coming out of November Project Chicago. We're all fun speed for lifers. We got a couple relative, you know, we got Becky, Becky Greenberg. She's pretty fast, and, and Zach is, is decently fast, but it's not like you guys. But with a two-hour and 45-minute lead, I bet we can finish the race before you guys do. One oh, challenge accepted. Challenge accepted. It's a, it's a $1 to be payable wherever we decide this post-race party is going to happen. <laughs> or, I mean... Maybe I can suggest a different, uh, you know, instead of a dollar or whatever, it could be the losing team has to do the whatever amount of time you lost in, that team has to do that in burpees. Oh, my Lord. Well, did we count? In, in like, minutes? Like, if it was 12 Just minutes? Like, you know, if, 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 if Brian's team beats our team by 30 minutes, our team has to do 30 burpees collectively. Was it right Ooh. in the same day? Oh, collectively might collectively, work. Collectively, I yeah, like that. because we got more people. So if we lose by 90 minutes, then, you know, that's only, what, like eight each or something like that for our team. Okay, yeah, done, deal. I'm okay. speaking for my entire team. I'll have to, <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll commit our whole team to it. I'll get Becky or uh, Emily Thompson, our captain, to uh, – to get on board and they better listen to this podcast done all right deal well cool to be a fun time out there yes it will sure will all right that's all i got kesok you got more questions for our guests no i've got i think we should move on to our segments i i would say so well you guys thanks so much for coming on you can stick around and listen to the rest of the uh yeah, thanks guys and stick thank you guys so thank much thank you so much we had fun all right, thanks for being on. Well, let us transition now into what are we doing next? Favorite things? Favorite things. Uh, sponsored by WellFit, your tri team. Sponsored by one of my least favorite things at 5. I'm <laughs> oh, just kidding. 530. Sponsored by my tri team. At 5:30 a.m. and 5:30 p.m. some days. Yes, sometimes. <laughs> so, uh, all right. So, what's your favorite thing this 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 recording uh, partner? Yeah, well, my favorite thing is the, the thing that I talked about opening the podcast. Summer! Oh, in Chicago. Summer in Chicago. Yeah, Cubs, right? Oh, yeah, Cubs. I've ever been to a couple Cubs games. I had, like, the most fantastic outdoor ride yesterday. Nice. Just incredible weather. Today I just sat outside and got so much sunburn, but it doesn't hurt yet, so I'm still happy. You're making me jealous. 
you have nice weather there. I do, I do. It's, it's humid then. <laughs> it's turning, it's turning now, but yes. And I'll be up there for the for the for the Ragnar. We finish in Chicago, so I'll 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 hang out a couple days after to recover. Maybe have some beet juice and some beer. There you go. Perfect recovery right there. Street festivals too, huh? Summer in Chicago? So yeah, you know it. I think they had one this past weekend and I couldn't make it. I wanted to go. Mayfest. It was like one of the first ones. Oh, fantastic. Oh, good. Summer is officially kicked off then if you got the first street festival. Yeah, that's it. That's what it is. Well, my favorite thing this month is a television show. Ooh, which one? It is because season two of Grace and Frankie just came out. Have you all seen this show? I have not. You have not. Matt and Dallas, have you seen Grace and Frankie? Uh, we have not. Maybe okay. we'll put it next in the queue netflix netflix is wonderful right so this show is hilarious so now these are old school even older school than me this isn't me just being old but uh it's lily tomlin and jane fonda right jane fonda yep you know who jane fonda is partner i know who she is and lily tomlin i don't know who that is <laughs> oh they were also originally their one of their first movies was nine to five she was Lily Tom was Saturday Night Live a long time ago. and she was Oh, okay, Saturday Night Live. I dig it. Um, and Jane Fonda. So uh, they are married to Sam Watterson and Martin Sheen. You know Martin Sheen. I know who both of those are. So the, the, the show is they're married, and then in the first episode, Sam and Martin tell their wives. And, you know, they're in their upper 70s or 80, whatever. Jane Fonda looks good, but, you know, she, she, she had a little work done. <laughs> no shame. Um, uh, they announce to their wives that they're leaving them because they're gay. So then the the whole premise of the show is how these two women who are polar opposites, like Lily Tomlin's like the hippie that smokes pot and Jane Fonda's like got a stick up her butt type thing. So the whole show is about their friendship. <laughs> uh, but, you know, if you're into, if you're into watching, kind of, it kind of makes you a little uncomfortable, this show, because, you know, you got two upper 70s 80 year old guys making out it's kind of it's kind of it's kind of weird to think about but the show is absolutely hilarious they're great actors actresses so grace and frankie my favorite thing this this episode all right well i'll have to check that out yep check it out everybody uh email us we haven't dropped the email address yet why don't you no, we have and it's a time for our mailbag and we haven't dropped it yet yeah so why don't you if you have if you have anything to say whether it's a favorite thing an opinion on chicago summer or grace and frankie or anything else or even if you want to talk about recovery stuff or beet have juice. a good beet juice anything anyone recovery? else that uses beet juice email us yeah shoot us an email on on your favorite beet juice or beet juice stories or if you got engaged during a race or something like <laughs> that <laughs> just shoot us an email so uh uh what's the email address partner kselkfonsfitcast at gmail.com the emails have been rolling in we actually had, have. Uh, yeah we had to pile some up because of boston our boston episode so uh let's move beyond uh boston we got a couple old ones and a brand new one so uh why don't who's gonna start you start with the old one ah yes this one should have been on the last episode but we got bumped because of of uh of our boston episode but here it is all right from christopher elliott he says i am 14 years old and done eight youth triathlons in the past two years wow impressive yeah he's quite the athlete although should a 14 year old be listening to the fitcast you think you know what? Maybe his parents bleep it out for him. Uh, yeah, I think actually I do know that uh, 
his uh, his dad actually sent this email into us and asked the okay. question of him and said his dad listens to it and said hey you got any fitness questions I know you do triathlons because his dad is doesn't so I'm 14 and done eight youth triathlons this summer I'm doing a few youth distance and a few sprints so getting up into the with the big boys my question is about running I don't like running <laughs> hey Christopher I don't either <laughs> swimming and cycling I'm hanging up now what was that Matt. I said, I'm hanging up now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we already lost our guest. <laughs> Swimming and cycling, I can go and go, but running makes me winded and I cough. What am I doing wrong? Interesting. He adds a little P.S. My favorite thing is Cheez-Its with green apple. <laughs> so, Cheez-Its with green, all right. Yeah, so I can see, you know, cheese and apple, they do go well together me if you too. haven't had Especially it. Especially so. like the sharp cheddar cheese, yeah. Yeah, so, but anyhow, so what can we do about his running? He's huffing and puffing. Kesak, what do you think? You know, I honestly just think the more you do it, the better you get at it. And if you can do it with other people, you know, get some friends from school, yeah. do it. Yeah, I would I would say do it, you know, more and more of the training. One of the, one of the issues is that running is last. So, you know, when I'm training for a race, I always, my you know, I'm doing an Olympic distance and, you know, that's a 10K. But you can't, you can't train doing 10ks because you have to train running tired right so my my runs are always longer than 10k or not always longer than 10k but i'll always do longer runs than 10k during the training process for triathlon because it's last so that's the dumb thing about me being a swimmer it's like swimming is first and you're fresh so there's no advantage you can possibly get in the swim uh in such a short time so i think you might be winded because it's last in the triathlon also, uh, you know, if, if, if you're on a track team or something, talk to a coach. They'll work on your efficiency um, and your breathing. So it might, it might just be a poor, poor breathing habits or uh, poor form where you're burning more energy than, uh, than you need to be for whatever distance you're Yeah, doing. that could be it. That could be it. You know, you're just so tired. Your body's using yeah. all kinds of muscles. It's in the reserve. So, uh, yeah, so that was, that was what I would say. Talk to a coach if you got one of those, if you happen to be in track or, or cross country or something like that. Uh, and yeah, don't, don't worry. We all breathe hard when we run. Like you were saying, when you did that mile race, you, everybody was winning. Oh my God. Yeah, it's hard. Running is hard. So, and, uh, yeah, do some training runs longer than what the distance is in the race. And I think that'll help. So, uh, yeah, that's from, uh, Christopher Elliott. Thanks. You got a, you got an email for us as well. I do. I have an email from Eric from okay. Chicago. Okay. And he says, Hey, Kate Selkin Fonz. Just listened to the FitCast. Fantastic episode. So many great topics. I appreciated hearing about the Boston Marathon. So this was after our last episode. And he says, I actually have a very similar story to Avi's. Avi's the one that had the beer at mile 20 on Heartbreak Hill. Ah, uh, yes. So we will have to get him on the FitCast to yeah. hear about that story. Um, but so we asked in the last episode about the three most famous dogs in history. Remember that, Fonz? Yes, and you guys cheated and just said who your favorite dogs are. But go ahead. So what? <laughs> well, you think I cheated. Look at, listen to what this guy says. All right, let's hear it. He says, being the smartass that I am, I'm going to say that all three famous dog positions are held by Cerberus of Greek mythology. Is this a, so there's a, a famous dog in the Greek mythology. Yeah, have you heard of him, of Sir Barris? Of course not. I haven't heard of him either, and good thing Eric included the Wikipedia link. <laughs> 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 I forgot what it was. 
So Cerberus is a three-headed dog. Oh, well, that, that would be a, a menace to see out on the street if he's chasing you down running or biking. Oh, yeah, definitely. But I think that's cheating. Yeah, I agree. Cutting dog for I think that only counts as one. But all right, Eric, we're gonna let you. Okay. We're gonna let you slide with that one. Yeah, we do appreciate the the, the feedback on Sibaris, uh, <laughs> the the three headed mythical Greek dog. Okay. <laughs> all right, you got another email there, Fonz. I do. I have one other, um, and uh, you can answer. It's it's directed toward me, but we're gonna let you answer here first. Okay. So this is from Dante in Indianapolis. Uh, this is for Fonz. I know you are a swimmer, and I am just starting my triathlon career. I am 23 and going to do my first triathlon this summer. I have a problem. <laughs> I have a problem with my goggles fogging up when I swim. Yeah, who doesn't, right? Oh, I know. And he says, "Why does this happen, and how can I prevent it from happening?" So, what do you think? What do you do? Oh God! Everybody, you just spit in them. You spit in your goggles. That's it. Yes, that's what you do. Everybody does that. Come on, you're a swimmer, Fonz. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I guess so. Uh, That's what I do. I like total goals, spit on my fingers and rub it in. And well, you I know, enjoy the process. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Um, well, you know what? I'm not going to answer the question. Oh. No, uh, there's no reason for me to answer because I'm going to pull in an expert on this one. An expert goggle fogger. <laughs> an expert goggle fogger, yes. So uh, just give me a second here. I'm going to get him on the line. Hello. Is this John? This is. Awesome. Uh, oh, thank God. We need our expert. <laughs> yes, we do. Uh, can we call you Dr. John? Please. <laughs> so tell us about, we got a question from a reader, but tell us a little bit about your, what's your education background? So I, in a nutshell, I picked up my PhD in atomic and optical physics from University of Wisconsin a while ago. Oh, Okay. Fantastic. So, uh, what does that mean, atomic and optical physics? We're fitness people. We don't know anything. Yeah, we're not. That's why we have you on the line. You got to use the the two cent words, not the ten dollar words. So, so the optical part is just dealing with light and how light refracts and reflects off surfaces and bends through surfaces. Okay. The atomic stuff is is not dealing with like nuclear weapons or anything like that. That's nuclear physics. Okay. I'm dealing more with, like, hydrogen and helium and oxygen and things like that. Now, I remember, didn't you, like, somewhere up in Packer Country there, didn't you design, like, shiny paper or something? Oh, I did. I worked at uh, Kimberly-Clark Corporation, a big paper company up by near near uh, Green Bay. Okay. Um, I spent a summer up there analyzing how the thickness of... The varnish that they put on the shiny boxes, like when you go to the store and look in the freezer section, there's a shiny box. Yeah. I was looking at how shiny it is compared to how thick the varnish is. Oh, okay. So oh my and, God, these skills are very relevant to our question right now. Yeah. I'm so glad we have you. <laughs> well, and the other the other piece of this is, uh, you know, it's a swimming question. So have you ever, are you a swimmer? Uh, I used to be much more so than I am now, but yes, I swam in college for a couple of years. You did? Where? where yeah. Okay. So, would you say you put in ten thousand hours in the pool? Um. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So it sounds like we got the right expert for this question. I think so. All right. So we've got a we got a little issue. Our friend Dante in Indianapolis. Uh, is swimming a lot, and he's he's starting his triathlon career, and he, his goggles keep falling up, and he can't he can't see. So, what's going on there? Why 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 can't Dante see, and what can he do about it? 
So for Dante and everybody else who runs into this problem, which is basically almost all swimmers, yeah. it's trying to like see through fog. Okay. And the the problem is that it's um, your eyeball is relatively warm and the water is pretty cold. Okay. So tiny, tiny little droplets of water are condensing on the inside of the goggles. Okay. And when you have tiny, tiny little droplets of water, what happens is they reflect and refract light all over the place. Okay. So it ends up looking like you're trying to see through fog and that you can't really see much more than just shadows. Yeah, I, yeah, we all know that. <laughs> but that's what it is, okay? Yeah, so if so, it's because there's so many tiny, tiny little um, particles of water right, that are sticking like to the, a lot of surface area of the water. Yeah, and there's just so many surfaces that are reflecting light in all different directions. It's just it makes it hard to for your eyes and your brain to figure out what you're looking through. Got it. Well, what can we do about it? Spit in your goggles. Okay. Oh my god, I told you guys. <laughs> well, you can either do that or you can um So what does uh, spitting in your goggles do? Like why does that work? Well, you can spin your goggles. They also have this uh, stuff that you can spray in your goggles to kind of coat it. Okay. Um, usually before a race, what I do is I dip them in the water. Yeah. And what you're doing is you're coating the inside of the goggles with a thin layer of water. Okay. But it's like uniformly thin. So it's not like a bunch of tiny little water particles. Okay. Um, so when additional water condenses on the inside of the goggle, it yeah. just basically makes that um, thin layer of water thicker. Oh, okay. And that's okay. I mean, it's like looking... It's like you're standing next to a pool and you look straight down because it's kind of a uniform thickness. You can see the bottom of the pool. Yep. And it doesn't really matter how thick the water is. If it's three feet or two feet or 18 inches, you can still see through it pretty cleanly because it's one smooth surface. One surface as opposed to all the little tiny surfaces. So, okay, so it just has to be a liquid. Like you could buy stuff, you could spit in it, or you could use pool water. It's all equal. I, I've never tried the spray stuff because I usually, like I said, I usually just dip my goggles in the water to get them wet, and after that, it's it usually um, it usually stays clear for quite a long time. So the key is to keep those little tiny droplets from forming. So I'm guessing your okay. spit, your, your spit have something in it, like a like a wax or something, or a, uh, that, that, a you're just you're just kind of putting down a film of water. Oh, okay. so I don't even need to be spitting anymore. I definitely don't need to buy anything. I don't need to take the effort to spit. I can just dip it in the pool water. Oh, okay. What about car, what about car wax? Can I put car wax on there? <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't. No, I guess you don't want to get car wax in your eye. That'd exactly. probably be a bad idea. Okay. So <laughs> no, no Fonz, you can go ahead and do that. <laughs> okay. go, go ahead and do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, fantastic. So now we understand why it's uh, why it's happening, and we got a couple ideas, listeners. You can uh, shoot shoot us uh, some information as well if you have any. Uh, any other ideas or any any tricks you use? So, uh, Dr. John Fons, thank you for being on the program Thanks, today. Thanks, Doc. <laughs> of course, it's my pleasure. <laughs> and you have a good night. Yeah, you too. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Here, well, how about that, huh? All right, that was like the most scientific explanation <laughs> for spitting in your goggles. Awesome. <laughs> exactly. You know what? I have my own trick along those same lines. Um, what I do when I when I get in, I put a tiny bit of water in my goggles, like 
just sort of at the bottom if you're if you're straight up, just so you can feel it, not enough to get in your eyes. Uh, and then when I put my head down in the water, that will kind of go up. The gravity will bring it to the face, the, the front of the goggle, and then wipe whatever fogs off there. It's kind of like if your if your bathroom mirror fogs up and you were to spray it with a spray bottle, and then you can see on it, right? That's what I do with mine. Uh, yeah. With mine, so and it works out great. So. Uh, thank you to uh, Dr. John Fonz for kicking in the uh, the expertise, Thanks, on that. and that's it. So, uh, so yeah, that is our mailbag sponsored by Wag. Free promo code Brian seven four five one in Chicago. If you uh, there is Wag in Chicago, so uh, or in m- many other cities, just check it out, and you get your first walk on me with that promo code. So, thank you to Wag for sponsoring our mailbag. All right, well. Let's see. You've got a lot coming up. You already talked about your races coming up. Yep, I got two. You got some things coming up too, right? Yeah, well, we're, we're going to have to focus on the recovery and buy a giant liter of bee juice because I know next weekend I have the Soldier Field 10-miler coming up. Okay. Which takes place in Soldier Field in Chicago, you know, yeah. where the Chicago Bears stink up the place. Yeah, I know. I saw Kelly and I saw you at the finish line uh, last yeah, year. Yeah, you guys did it last year. I, I saw you guys at like a quarter mile to go. Yep. Well, I'm running it this year, so that'll be fun. You guys Very won't cool. be there to greet me, though. Yeah, I know. Memorial Day weekend's my favorite weekend up there. I'm missing it. I got my race here, but, uh, yeah, you know, between that, between 10 miler and. I assume you're biking the drive. And I was going to say, and I'm biking the drive the next day. And while you are doing your try, I'll be doing an open water swim in Lake Michigan, freezing my ass off. When you say open water swim, you're just going to go swimming. It's, we're, we're just going. It's not a race. Big wow. It's just decided that it, it was time. Well, I will pray for low winds so you don't have a lot of waves and somehow warm temperatures, which who knows about the water, right? Just send your warm vibes from Austin. I will do that. We'll send you some warm water. So what else? Anything else you're looking forward to? That's about it. That's about it. Besides seeing you at Ragnar. That's about it. (laughs) So you'll be in Chicago then? I'll be in Chicago. Fuck yeah. Well, I hope we'll see you at the finish line there. So, All right. So on that, I guess, hey, will I see you in a week, couple weeks? Fuck yeah. You're going to see me in a couple weeks. Fuck yeah.